Welcome to Before You Go podcast, a podcast uh, with my partner Jed here, where we like to discuss issues that may cause or want people to cause to leave leave the church, hence the name Before You Go. Want to talk through some issues before you go. And so today we want to talk about unhealthy unity. And this is a, a topic that not only shows up within the church, of course, but it shows up in in family dynamics. It shows up in the workplace. It shows up uh, pretty much anywhere you have relationships um, and where people are <laughs> people are able to have disagreeing uh, opinions. And sometimes that uh, that unhealthy, or excuse me, sometimes the differing opinions is bred out of unhealthy um, unity. And sometimes it's it's because there are things that are happening within us that are unhealthy. But today we want to focus on how to handle and confront unhealthy unity because, again, it shows up in every relationship. Yeah, well, Jen, so people may hear this, unhealthy unity, and make it, may, it may sound like a contradicting phrase. Like, isn't unity always healthy? What, what are we getting at here? Well, that's a great question because when when you think about a relationship where there's tension, maybe let's say, Alex, uh, I'll use you and I, for example, because as far as I know, uh, things are going really well. But let's say, Alex, I feel like you um, are pushing your way and I don't have the ability to to stand up to that. And so I just kind of go along with it. And really, I become a passive person within our relationship uh, with this podcast. And and as a result, it leads to um, an unhealthy relationship continuing to develop where I'm not feel or not I don't feel free to share my thoughts. I don't feel free to to share my creativity. I don't feel free to share my heart, which then of course just leads to me withdrawing or protecting myself. Um, but it never allows me then to open up. And it isn't necessarily all your fault for that, right? Because if you sense that I'm pulling away, that's gonna cause you to maybe be more assertive so that there is some leadership. But what happens um, sometimes is people think like, oh, well, there's no fighting or there's no disagreement. So therefore things must be going well, but that is not always the case. Um, And so sometimes people have this like unity, I'm using my air quotes here, unity by not dealing with the difficult topics that need to be addressed. That'd be uh, my two cents on that. Oh, that was really good. So you're saying, if I'm hearing you well, the lack of conflict does not equal healthy unity. Does that sound right? That's 100%. We see it in marriages. We see it in churches. We see it in work work uh, settings. We see it all the time. Yeah. So you're, so I'm thinking within the church context, you've got a church, uh, and if their goal is a lack of conflict instead of actual healthy biblical unity, um, what I'm not sure what word, what method or means does that, do they refer to in order to get lack of conflict? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, I think um, a couple things. Uh, there's, there's of course, a spectrum and every situation is different. And I'm sure that some of the listeners, um, as they listen, they think about in their particular church or maybe the church that they've left, how how they kept unity, um, you know, through not allowing conflict to surface. And one example maybe is is not giving people who are struggling to understand uh, what's happening within the church, not giving them a place to, to go and talk, not giving them a, a person that they can, um, you know, share their heart with and, and you know, be able to 
um, do that with, with honesty and transparency. And so sometimes within a church, they, they shut that down by basically showing that person or, or showing the person who's disagreeing that their, their input is not valuable because they're not going along with the flow. And, um, you know, as you, as you say that, I just think about how that shows up regularly because, um, sometimes pastors get exhausted from dealing with conflict. I, I know that you and I have both been in situations where it, it can feel like the conflict is relentless. However, um, you know, we can't just dodge it and then uh, avoid it and hope that there, there'll be unity um, that comes of it. Cause that doesn't happen. I mean, there's biblical examples, which I'm sure we'll get to, but what would you add to that, Alex? Yeah, no, I'm just thinking, uh, I think that was really good. The, um, there's conflict. We see that in the New Testament. We see that in, in almost every single letter, every church that's brought up. There's conflict between some people. There's people arguing. There's people just butting heads against each other. And But in some of these churches that the focus is more on lack of conflict rather than an actual biblically healthy unity, it seems like there's if there's a, even a, a spark of conflict or even a whisper of it that um, potentially some leadership or whoever is there, the power broker, the church sweeps in and kind of almost, you can get shame for conflict in, in a way. And I'm not sure if I'm explaining that well, but that, that prevents actually working through the conflict. Uh, as we see in the Bible, we, we see patience bearing with each other and love that, that assumes that there's some kind of conflict, at least differences and disagreements that we out of necessity need to bear with each other with love. Uh, we need to be patient. We need to be forgiving. Um, that's not saying that there ought to be like the goal is conflict, but rather it's assumed that's there where we're simple people We're saved by God's grace. Yet we're together. We have different personalities, character characteristics, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so I'm saying in some churches, if the goal is just a lack of conflict, you can almost, almost be shamed or uh, as you said there, Jed, that if you disagree with us being us being the, the power brokers in the church, if you disagree with us, you are being divisive. You're hurting the unity. And what they actually mean is you're causing conflict because you're opposing us. Yeah. I really like the way that you brought in uh, being shamed because that, that, I mean, of course, a couple episodes ago, we talked about some of the the condemnation that we already experienced when we, uh, um, you know, towards ourselves. And that's a, a very powerful tool that the devil uses uh, to shut us down. But here's Here's where that leads to, in my opinion, um, which is so damaging. When we're feeling that shame, when we're feeling that inability to handle conflict in a in a healthy way because we can't share our thoughts, opinions, we can't share our differences, what happens then is we're not able to connect. You see, one of the things that you and I do before each show, of course, and, and sometimes in between shows uh, when we're not recording is we're sharing our hearts with one another, we're praying for each other. But there's a connection that's occurring, and uh, you and I are different people. We see things differently. We live in different areas. Our family dynamics are different. Um, but yet, there's a way that you and I can have um, conversations where we don't always agree. In fact, sometimes we say, "Well, we're going to agree to disagree," but then there's uh, but that happens through healthy um, connection with one another. But when things are done in an unhealthy way, because we just want unity you and I will find if we were striving for unity and not connection, we will find there are fewer and fewer things that we can talk about together because we don't want to have a fight. And 
um, or we don't want to have a disagreement. And when you think about the the churches, that that is what happens. There are issues that can no longer be brought up or no longer to be talked about because people will find themselves coming down on uh, different sides of of maybe the fence on them. And sometimes we're saying the same things, but because of the language that we use, it sounds different. And sometimes they're actually, you know, us coming down on different sides, but instead of having a healthy conversation, instead of us having uh, a healthy, you know, maybe like a Bible study on some of the topics, we lose that connection. Now, of course, that's what the, the devil would want. He'd want us to not have intimate connection with one another. He'd want us to be in disagreement. He would want us to fight each other. And that's not only something that we see within the church today, but it is something that um, showed up in the early church, as you referenced. And I just see how unhealthy connection or unhealthy unity really doesn't allow us to to get to know the hearts of other people. Um, and I think it really models then for us uh, how how difficult it would be to be connected to God in intimacy, because there are times, Alex, where you and I may not agree with the way that God does things um, in that moment until he brings, you know, humility uh, or until he restores that humility in us where we can trust him. And so I just, I see how that unhealthy unity can show up even in our relationship with God. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, what I'm hearing is, hearing is that if a church is the, if the goal is just a lack of conflict, that in of itself with what that all entails can prevent healthy unity we are talking about working through issues talking about it in a in a biblical way as we ought to forgiveness and patience gentleness all that kind of stuff and so the goal of lack of conflict and the methods used with it prevents actual biblical healthy unity yep hey we've been talking a little bit about this and i would love to um to to see how this shows up and one of the the references that you and i talked about was how uh, there was a situation where Peter and Paul had a confrontation. I mean, those are two well-known apostles um, in the New Testament. They're people both who had a great deal of respect. People looked up to them for their spiritual leadership. And there was an issue where there was some tension. And it's it's actually pretty interesting uh, how uh, the, 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 the desire to keep unity, even when it's unhealthy, how it actually just invites conflict. But let me set up the story a little bit. Um, so Peter is with Paul. He's in uh, Galatia. And and as they're together, of course, Peter and Paul are doing ministry together. Things are going fantastic. And then um, some of Peter's Jewish brothers show up. And as a result, uh, Peter goes to eat with his Jewish brothers who um, are are you know, eating food that the Gentiles, um, they're, they're eating food that the Gentiles would eat, but the Gentiles are also eating food that their Jewish brothers would not eat. As a result, Peter says, I'm going to eat with the, the, my Jewish brothers. And Paul, who's been ministering in Galatia is like, Hey, Peter, you know, what's going on? You were eating with, um, us earlier, but now that the Jewish brothers are here, you're, you're not going to eat with us. And I think Peter was caught in a really difficult situation where he wanted unity with Paul and the Gentiles, but he also wanted unity with his Jewish brothers. And so there's a confrontation that happens. And Alex, I know that you've got some things that you that you can add to the context of the story and then, you know, just continuing this conversation. Yeah. So exactly what you said there, Jed, uh, Peter, 
uh, goes back to to the the Jewish uh, seemingly Christians at the time, and but he's acting hypocritically because he's uh, being a Christian and realizing their freedom with it in terms of uh, no more of the, the ceremonies, the rituals uh, that he he's able to eat like a, a Gentile. And so he's with the Gentiles, but he fears a circumcision party, as Paul says in Galatians. And so he goes back. And even that, that led Barnabas astray, as Paul says. And so you got this, this, this setup here, and that's where Paul enters. So you, you got this idea. If Paul's goal was just a lack of conflict, he would just let it go, right? He doesn't want to oppose Peter. So you, you think that that was the goal, just a lack of conflict, as if that was health unity when it wasn't. He would have just let it go. But what we do see is that Paul confronts them, confronts Peter in front of everyone. And he lets Peter have it. Like he says, if you throw a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? And so he goes on, uh, Peter, how can you do this? So he confronts. And so there's, uh, in some of our churches, we're, we're like, oh my goodness, this, this is horrible. There's extreme division in this church, but this is extremely healthy. And this is biblical unity. Because Paul is confronting Peter when Peter was out of step with the gospel, as Paul says. And so we see uh, unity just for the sake of unity is not healthy unity. Unity is unity in Christ, unity in the truth. If it was just unity for the sake of unity, Paul would have just let it go. But because it's unity for the truth, for the gospel, and Peter, his actions was misleading and it was not in step with the truth of the gospel, Paul stepped in. And confronted Peter, which is which is really cool because then Paul writes later in Galatians 6, just the idea, he says, brothers, and this is Galatians 6, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And we saw that exactly in the situation. Man, that's awesome. Because uh, when we think of confrontation today within our culture, we, we uh, probably have a lot of things that come to mind, but typically, um, confrontation feels like a, a, like a bad thing. And maybe that's because it's the hard thing, but what would have been the wrong thing here is for Peter to be able to act like a hypocrite and Paul not to confront him. you know, then they would have had a superficial unity, right? So if Paul would not have said anything to Peter and just been like, well, you know, let's just, you know, let Peter be Peter. And yep. Now me and and the rest of the the Gentiles are kind of like, well, what's going on? We don't feel like something's right. To just allow that to go on without ever having that conversation, um, that that is what happens all the time, Alex. I mean, that's that's what churches experience. That's what uh, family dynamics experience. Um, this is this is something that we live in constantly. Uh, the the threat of if I handle this conflict, I'm going to be seen as the problem. When really we're allowing this to go on thinking that there's unity, but the relationship is unhealthy. Yes. And a lot of times in our churches, exactly what you said there, that you, uh, you feel compelled that you should confront this person and you're doing it not out of envy or, or, or hatred, but you're doing it because you care about this person. You want to uh, gently correct them, but yet within just in the context of, uh, many churches, I'm not trying to put any down, but just the, the contemporary kind of feel in churches that if you go out there and you confront someone, you're the one that's going to be labeled as the, the, the troublemaker, the divider. And we talked about that the last episode where the, the script gets flipped. Uh, but what we see, like the, the confrontation, but there's even, so we're talking about unhealthy unity, but there's even healthy division, if I can say that, 
and that might seem again a, a contradictory, contradictory phrase, but we hear from uh, Jesus Christ. He says in Luke chapter 12, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it's accomplished. And then he says this, do you think that I've come to give peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house, there'll be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And he goes on and on and on. And so we get this, this picture in, in line with what we, we're seeing about unity and truth, unity in Christ, that it isn't just unity for the sake of unity. That's not the point. You can do that in any kind of organization. You can go down to the, the YMCA club, whatever. That's not unity. Unity is unity in Christ, unity in truth. That's why Paul confronted Peter. That's why we confront our brothers and sisters of Christ when they're caught in sin. And we go in with the, the, the motivation to, I care about this person. I want what's best for them. Therefore, I'm going to step in. And so I, I say that just to hit the point that a lack of conflict does not equate to unity. Rather, that goal, if it was only for lack of conflict, can seriously hinder biblical healthy unity. I could not agree more with you. So now, Alex, let's put ourselves in the listener's position and say, hey, we we see, let's pretend like we see this, this unhealthy unity, right? Everybody's playing nice, but really nobody's sharing the toys, you know, in the sandbox. I don't know. Um, say it however you want, but we're in a situation where we feel like for the the sake of the church, that's what we're told, or for the sake of everybody, we're just going to, you know, not confront issues that that genuinely do need to be confronted. But now we're listening to the podcast. We're thinking about our situation. Um, we want to take some we want to take some steps to encourage people to do this in a healthy way. Now, the first thing I want to say, and, and then I'd, I'd love to hear some thoughts from you on how they can um, go to church leadership or a person and and address some of these things. But the first thing I want to say is be careful not to use inflammatory language. There is not one person who's listening who enjoys it when somebody comes to you with inflammatory language and, and is looking for a fight. Um, so what I want to encourage you to do is to pray about how to address situations that have been left unaddressed uh, for the sake of unity. First, pray. Take time. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for clarity. Ask God for for um, the right opportunity to, con to, to have the conversation. But then when you go into that conversation, and this is really important in my opinion, go into that conversation, giving the person that you're going to talk to the benefit of the doubt, because this may be the first time they've heard it. They, they definitely um, probably see things differently than you do. So go into that conversation, be prepared to listen. So maybe ask some questions, some clarifying questions, and, and then you can um, continue that conversation. Jesus used the art of questions so masterfully. Um, he would regularly ask a question, which would actually illustrate a point. So Alex, if someone's going to address unhealthy unity, um, you know, I know we would agree they want to pray first, seek wisdom, and then, you know, you and I would each handle that a little bit differently, but I would say, uh, use that as an opportunity to begin by listening, uh, you know, ask the right, ask, ask good questions, listen, gather information, and then, you know, continue that conversation, uh, to help 
the person that you're addressing this with to, to be aware of the unity that's, you know, maybe isn't as healthy as we want it to be. Yes. And, and that's fantastic. And uh, great practical things there. And I would just add in there, like the Matthew 18, that you should be going to them first by yourself. Uh, if you, um, you see the issue and you're concerned about it. And if you find yourself telling other people about it and trying to ask them about it, you are in the wrong. You are, you are committing uh, slander against that person, gossiping. Even if, if you've got good intentions, that is wrong. You're the one that should be going to them first. And then if they don't listen to you, then you go to, uh, to another person, try to get them to come with another witness of it, if you will. And, and I would highly recommend an elder or, or someone in leadership to, to help with that. But I'm just emphasizing, if you have not gone to the person and you find yourself talking to other people about that person, you are part of the problem. You're, you're even a bigger problem, if I can say that in a gentle way. But exactly what you're saying there, Jed, like the idea of um, working on your own heart first. Why are you doing this uh, to, to weed out any uh, wrongful motivations? Like uh, for, as you may recall in Matthew chapter seven, when it says, Jesus says, judge not. And some people take that and run with it. We shouldn't be doing this at all. We just see that Jesus goes in about, yep, the plank in your eye, the, like the little sliver in their eye. He doesn't say, just leave it and move on. He says, first, take the plank out of your own eye. So do work on yourself. And then you can see clearly, and you're, you're in a rightful mindset and heart to then help your brother. And so the point being, you still help them. You still care about them. It's not just a, a, a sign to go do nothing, but rather work on yourself, get your heart ready, right, and then go help them. And then we see with the, the gentleness, with the patience and all the things that you were saying there, Jen. Well, the, the truth is uh, we could talk about this for quite a while, and I really really respect uh, what you were saying about the Matthew 18 and handling it biblically. Don't, don't gossip, don't slander, don't invite sin into the situation. And I loved so much what you said at the end to, um, you know, examine your own heart, get the plank out of your eye before you worry about the speck in theirs. Um, but we do want to encourage you to handle that unhealthy unity in a healthy way. Um, one of the things that, again, Alex and I are so passionate about is, is investing into the church because we we really desire that people wouldn't just walk away from the church. Um, she's the bride of Christ. Jesus, Jesus uh, loves his church. And so we want to love her as well. And, uh, and we want to honor her. And so our goal is never to encourage people to uh, look for ways to slander gossip, but it's to invest into the church and have the right conversations the right way at the right time. And as always, we, we love getting, getting the opportunity to do the show together. And if this has been helpful to you um, or you know somebody else that it could be helpful to, we do want to encourage you to share this episode with them. If you uh, hit subscribe, you'll get a notification every time we release a new show. And if you do um, rate us, that would be awesome because that just helps us to be, um, you know, to show up easier on people's searches and it would just help us to continue to, to minister to the church at large. Um, Alex, any other closing thoughts? No, amen. There is such a thing as unhealthy unity, but there is such a thing as healthy unity in Christ. Amen to that until next show. God bless. God bless.